Hello everyone, this is Levi Gelb from the Chassidish Parsha, and you're listening to the new podcast, Chassidus, which is an explanation in English of Sefer HaMaymarim Tafrish Samaches from the Rebbe Rashab, each episode containing an explanation of one page from that Sefer with the goal to finish the entire Sefer. And at the beginning of every episode, we'll also have a synopsis of the previous episode. You'll also notice in the description for that day's episode, there'll be a short synopsis in English, and also there'll be a link there to become a monthly supporter to make this show possible. Um, please tap the link in that description or visit anchor.fm slash to become a monthly supporter. Thank you very much for listening, and I hope you enjoy. We're on the top of page, Kuflam and Hay, 135. And we've just been speaking about um, the idea of Machtis a shekel and two different levels and the half shekel. Um, now we've just been relating to the, this aspect of the, the half shekel. The two different levels are the Amadis Gali and Amadis Kasya, the revealed world and the concealed worlds, which are Eitzadas, Eitzachayim, the revealed kindness and the concealed kindness. And through giving the half shekel in the revealed physical world, that is how we draw down and they shine into the um, into the into the world into the revealed revealed world, the Machtisali and the 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 upper half of the shekel, which is the concealed worlds. Um, and that's the two hays of the Shem's name. The first hay is the concealed world, and the latter hay is the revealed world. And then we said that this is sim- sim- seemingly uh, opposed to the first explanation of the Machzah Shekel, and uh, that the Machzah Shekel, which a person gives, is the Machzah Shebegoli, while Yedezeh Nimshech Amrila Mashah Sosim. But I'm a Hemna, Emrisha Machzah Hu, Avav, So in the Raim the Hemna, the other explanation is that the half shekel is that which is between the two hays, not the not the, whereas in the the explanation of the um, the explanation of the the Ramaz and Parshas Midbar says that it's the the la, the lower hays, the the actual half shekel that we give, and that draws that pulls down the upper hay. But the Rai Mahemdin says no, it's the it's the vav which unifies, which is inter, intermediary between the two hays, and through activating the vav, then you're able to draw down the upper hay into the lower hay. So, but however, the Rebbe Shav says that they're really, it's all one in, one intent, it's all one idea here. It's not, they're not really a contradiction. Uh, um, even in Parshas Bamidbar, where it says it's two Hays, the, the intent is that the Amshacha of the Amadis Kasya, the first Hay, comes down through the Vav, which is the intermediary. And that is also what it's saying in Parshas Tisak. You have to give the half the half shekel, which is the revealed part, meaning relating to the latter hay, in order to pull down the upper hay through the vav. So they're both saying the same thing. They're just focusing on different points. And then we just ended off saying about this verse: Baruch Hashem the Zerah says Baruch means drawing down from the concealed world to the revealed world. And then the Mishnah and the end of Maseches Brachis, it implies that the it explains it the opposite way, that once the once the Apikers and once the people that denied the Torah um, messed up, and they said that there is no world, there is no next world, there's only one world, our physical world. So then the sages enacted that there should they should say from from world to world, meaning from this this world to the next world. 
So it's from that, it's, it's mashma, it implies that the first Mina Oilam refers to this world, and then the second one, the last Mina Ada Oilam refers to the world to come, which is usually the concealed world, and our world is the revealed world. So it's saying the opposite now. So the, the idea is that they're, they're both are true. The, the main Hamshacha, the main Hamshacha, the main drawing down of godliness is from the concealed world to the revealed world. However, how do you activate that Hamshacha? from the concealed world to the revealed world, is through the our divine service in this revealed world, in the world, and that is through the refining the body, which is from the serpent skin, meaning which is from Klippas Nega, and through refining the animal soul, and through forcing it to go against its will, and through, and through ultimately transforming it, that's how you draw down from the concealed world to the revealed world. And now starting on the top of the page. Obira Inyan, who, to the explanation of this idea, is we found in the the chariot that Yecheskel saw in his vision, in his prophecy, in his vision, the divine chariot that he explained Seder Rakova explained the order of this of his vision of this, this divine chariot. he starts off over there in his in his vision. Um, he starts off saying that there is a behold, there is a ruach sire, a, a storm wind, an onangodal, a great cloud, and a flaming fire, and a light surrounding that surrounding it. We from amidst from from amidst that something like a chashmal, which we'll explain what that means. And so, that, so from here we can conclude this verse that the whole vision of the divine chariot of Yechezkel starts off with this verse that before he actually saw the divine chariot with the different vision, with the different faces of the animals and the face of the man and the face of the lion, the face of the eagle, he first saw, so before he saw the divine chariot, the holy divine chariot, he first prefaced to see Dal Madregis, uh, these four levels which are in, enumerated in this verse, the, the storm wind, the great cloud, and the flaming fire, which refer to the Gimel Klippas Atmeis, the three totally impure Klippas, which totally conceal godliness. And the end of the verse, which says, and there was a light around it, that refers to who Klippas Nega. That refers to the intermediate Klippa, which is the, which is, even though it covers over, it's a husk covering over the fruit, so to say, covering over the divine divinity within it, but it's not totally covering over. That's why it's called Klippas Noiga. It's a shell which has light within it. You can still see the light. That's why you can still, anything that gets its energy through this husk of Klippas Noiga can still be uplifted to godliness or drawn down to totally unholiness. Whereas the, the Gimel Klippas Atmeis, the three unholy Klippas are so, the godliness is so concealed within them, you cannot uplift them at all until Mashiach comes, which then the Klippa will all be uplifted. And from amidst those, from amidst those th- four levels of the, which are all klipa related things, that's where Yechezkel saw the, his vision of divine chariot of holiness. So seemingly, uh, as as connected to the whole idea of his prophecy in the book of Yechezkel, it wasn't necessary for Yechezkel to see. So it was only necessary for him to see the the divine chariot, the holy chariot, uh, alone. So why was Yechezkel shown first the four levels within the klipa, the unholy realm? Like you just said, and from amidst those levels of klipa, he should see the holy chariot. 
uh, seemingly for the sake of the purpose of his prophecy, it has no connection. There is seemingly there is no purpose why he saw first the klipa, first the unholiness, and from from amidst the unholiness he saw the holy chariot. So however, to explain this, it's known, like it says in the works of Kabbalah, that klipa the, the shell comes before the actual fruit. What does that mean? So this idea of this prefacing of coming first of the of the shell to the actual fruit will understood will be understood in two different explanations. We'll understand this by what we see in many things that there is a shell which is around the thing, like fruit, like the like a nut. It says that there is actually four different shells to this uh, almond or this nut until you're able to eat the actual fruit within these shells. There are four shells. We see that actually the the shell is what grows first before the actual almond within it. So it starts from the outer shell and it keeps growing these four shells until it gets to the it starts from the outside and goes deeper and deeper until it gets to the core, which is the fruit. At the beginning of its sprouting, of its growing, the only thing which is growing is the outer shell. And when it gets and it, when it start, grows, then it becomes created within that shell the fruit which a person can eat, the actual nut. And so too is true with every fruit, not just with the nut. There is a there is a shell around it. As the sages say about Reb Meir and his relationship with Acher, which is which was his teacher before he went off the the path of Teremitzis, it says. He was able to remain matzah. He found a pomegranate, and toichi He was able to eat the inside of the pomegranate, meaning the fruit of the pomegranate. Klipas izarak, and he to throw away the outer shell, referring to he was able to learn from Acher, even though he was a he went off the ways of Torah and was doing the wrong things. He was able to still learn from him because he was able to extract the holy, the good things, the lessons from Elisha ben Avuya, and not Acher, and not the and not to take anything from his negativity. Uh, from the, the aspect of him which went away from Terminus. So we see that uh, Rimein, the, the, the point of here is that he says that he found this fruit and he only ate the inside, the fruit, without the without the, the klipa, without the shell. Sharimein hupri chshuvash, that a pomegranate is a very a very important uh, fruit. That the actual um, performance of mitzvahs, of the commandments of Hashem, is compared to Somebody who eats a fruit, like it says that the, even the wicked people of Israel are filled with, filled with mitzvahs, just like a pomegranate is filled with its seeds. So the fruit of the of the pomegranate is very important to the extent that um, the, the fulfilling of the mitzvahs is compared to the fruit of the of the pomegranate. Nuriel also it's brought in the writings of the Rizal that the pomegranate in Hebrew, the word Rimain is the same gematria numerical equivalent of the word Nuriel, which is one of the angels, Uhu Rimain the Matat, which is the pomegranate of the Malach Matat, Elishab Matat, Mitas of Bay's Tessin. But it, the difference is that in Matat it's there's added two tesses 
um, the the two tests at the end of his name. As this is spoken about in another mimer, Let's see over there. So basically, Rimoin, uh, we see it's very important to the extent that the doing of mitzvahs, the performance of mitzvahs, is compared to the Rimoin, the fruit of the pomegranate, and also a, a very important angel uh, of Hashem is its numerical equivalent of its name is the same as pomegranate. And Benimza, so the conclusion is ki he It's a very important fruit. And despite that it's so important, it still has the shell around it. which came before even the its fruit, which seemingly gives the the um, the, the the shell a little bit more of an importance, even than the fruit itself, because it came before it came first. And so too in the growing of produce of grain, etc. First thing that grows is the outer shell of the produce, like the the outer, the outer covering that sh- which is the husk of the of the wheat, which covers over the actual wheat. Then the wheat go- is becomes revealed within that husk. And until the actual produce, the actual wheat is revealed, the thing which seems the main thing is the actual husk. Because that's what you see on the outside, and it's which grows first. And even these outer shells consider themselves as the main part of the actual fruit of the of the wheat. As it's brought in the medrash, which means this means they say that the um. That the, the the wheat and the produce and the the husk of that wheat they all are judging each other and they're saying to each other they're each arguing so to say with each other with for us the whole field was planted just for us meaning the husk is saying the, the outer shell of the wheat is saying it was planted for me this the field and the wheat is saying no it was planted for me then the, finally the sages or the wheat finally says. Let let the the granary come, meaning the the granary where we're going to end up putting what we're what we're going to end up doing is putting the actual wheat in, not the husk. Because after the produce, the wheat is already grown. Then you 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 um, sift out the produce, the wheat from the the waste, which is the husk. So we see that in the, basically even the even the the outer husk, the outer shell of the produce, thinks itself to be the main. To be the main part of the fruit, and also on other different types of fruits, we break the outer shell in order to take the inner fruit. But the whole uh, duration of their of their of their growing, their sprouting of these fruits, the first thing which sprouts, the first thing which grows, is the outer shell. And another thing which we see the importance of the outer shell is that it's impossible for the the fruit to grow without the shell. Without, without the shell growing first, which protects the inner fruit the whole time it's growing. So if it wasn't for that outer shell, the, the fruit wouldn't be able to grow properly. And also we see in every single thing, in in just not just in fruits or produce, but in the world, there's always something in the beginning which prefaces, which is not the main thing in the end. And nevertheless, even though this is not the main thing, the thing which comes first is not the main thing. It, uh, it comes to re- it comes to be revealed that 
Nevertheless, this thing, which is not the main thing, comes to into, into revealed state at the beginning. But only in the end, becomes revealed the true purpose, which is not for that, which is not for that um, thing which came first, that thing which prefaced everything. So everything in the world, there is something which always comes first, which is not the main thing. Even though it comes first, in the end, it's revealed that this is not the ultimate purpose. For example, when a person needs to find something which is very which is important to him, before he before the person actually asks for what he needs from somebody, first the person speaks with that guy, which he's trying he wants to ask something for him. First he speaks to him about other matters which have nothing to do with what he actually needs. Until he finally comes to speak about the Vakish to request for that his actual thing which he needs. This is similar to the idea that the, the outer shell, which is not the main thing, comes before the actual fruit. So that's an example. In order, the person wants wants something, but before he's going to ask that, so to say, let's say the, the a poor person or a person that needs money for a business, he's going to first talk about, to the person in general about life, and, and and then finally he's going to come to speaking about what he actually needs. Even though why would he first? Why wouldn't he just ask what he needs right away? Because that's that's just not the way it goes. First you speak about other things, and you get the person to kind of prepare him to ask him for what you need. Also, the whole idea of analogies. They're similar to this idea of the the growing of the outer shell first before the before the fruit. Because the idea of a, a analogy is that the main purpose of an analogy is who is the analog. Is that what the idea which you're trying to, to bring up bring about bring out through saying this analogy? But nevertheless, what do you do? You first explain the analogy. Which, uh, and through that analogy, they'll understand the analog, that what you're trying to, the idea what you're trying to bring across. Like the analogies of King Solomon, all his analogies are just foreign things, which have nothing to do with the ultimate purpose of the idea which he's trying to bring about to convey through this analogy. Like Shlaimah said in one of his analogies, to guard you from a foreign woman, minus that his whole purpose in saying this analogy about a foreign woman, which is not a person's wife or which is not he's not supposed to be with, the whole purpose of saying this analogy is to uh, warn a person from any trace of minus, from any trace of of her- her- heresy. Nevertheless, he enclosed this idea in a analogy of a foreign woman, which has nothing to do with. It's just this outer shell, so to say. It has nothing to do with the actual analog. And so to the opposite, He says, See life with a woman, which you have, which you have loved. Which is really intent here in talking about this woman, which you love, is the Torah. He, he, he basically made an analogy for this idea of the Torah with a to- totally foreign idea of a woman which you love. So what's the reason for this? Why do you have to preface this analogy with something which is totally foreign to the concept which you're trying to convey? Because the uh, human intellect is very coarse and grub in its essence, very coarse in its, in its essence. Which is, it's actually impossible 
for the human intellect, which is so coarse, because of its coarseness, it's impossible for it to understand properly the the great, immense um, foreignness and evil quality of a heresy. A person cannot truly understand that because of the coarseness of the, of the intellect. He's like, oh, it's not that bad. But the truth is, it's, 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 it's truly, uh, truly horrible. Uh, any idea of heresy, even the traits of heresy. And also, because of the person's coarse intellect, it's impossible for him to properly understand the great quality, immense quality of the of the Torah. Therefore, you have to give him actual analogies, which are physical analogies. Sorry, let's do that again. Only through these physical analogies, the physical coarse intellect of a human can understand that the heresy is very, very foreign and, and very evil. He told you that the Torah is, is good. It has to give it a, a physical analogy, which because the human intellect, which is very coarse, can only understand through that physical base analogy. Like the verse says, I have given you a great teaching. I have given you the Jewish people a great teaching. Don't leave my Torah. Don't abandon my Torah. So we see from that verse that the Torah is a very, very important thing. So this is similar to the idea of the shell and the fruit. The main purpose is the fruit. But it's impossible for the fruit to properly grow without the um, encompassing shell. So too, it's impossible for the revelation of the intellectual idea, like we just said before, about the heresy and about the Torah, it's impossible to truly convey that idea without using an analogy, which relates to the base human intellect. And when a person understands the intellectual concept, the idea we want to convey through the analogy, then he doesn't need any more the analogy, the external shell, so to say, to the concept. Just like when a person's eating a, a, a fruit, that's why he breaks the he breaks the shell and he throws away the shell. Turning to the next page, and this is the what the meaning of the statement of the of the of the prophet. Lift your eyes above and see who created these. Meaning to say that the prophet is saying that through the, the seeing of the heavens and the earth, the physical sky and the physical earth, you'll be able to understand their spiritual source above. That they're just like an analogy compared to the analog, the idea which you're trying to convey through the analogy. So lift up your eyes on high and see who created these. Meaning, look at the at the sky, the heavens, and the earth, and through them you'll understood who really the creator behind all these. Who's the creator behind all these and the amazingness of this creator? That you through basically through looking at the physical heavens and earth, you will understand their spiritual source and who created them, just like this idea of the analogy to the analog, to the idea which you're conveying through the analogy. So we'll stop there at two lines from the top of page, Kuflam and Vav, 136. Thank you everybody for listening to the new podcast, Chassidus. This is Levi Gelb. And if anyone has any questions or any thoughts or feedback, please feel free to email me at rabbigelb at gmail.com. Also, please check out my website, chassidisonline.org, and sign up for our weekly email to receive a Maimur Mavur explanation on a Maimur from Torah Lukute Torah almost every week. And there you'll also find an archive for all our other or older Maimurim that we've already explained. 
on the weekly parsha on the Yom Tovim. And also you'll notice in the description for this week's episode and for every week's episode a little link to become a monthly supporter, a partner in this uh, for this podcast. Please consider doing that. It will help greatly to allow the episodes to continue and to make them better. And you can also dedicate an episode in honor of memory of something or of a simcha. And to do that, please email, email me at rabbigelbet.gmail. And we can mention that at the beginning and at the end of every of that episode. Thank you very much.